0: Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be back. And I'm joined by James McKenzie. How are you doing, James?
2: Yeah, I'm doing good. That's finally going to have Celtic back this weekend. I know, it's
0: I know, and in a big way. Yeah, when in you're a doing a way. football
2: podcast, footballs a massive part of your life. So being without Celtic for ages, the World Cup's done its best to fill that, but it will just be good to have Celtic back in the weekend.
0: It definitely will be We have a massive weekend We'll be talking about some of that As the uh, podcast goes through the uh, one hour show That James and I will be with you um, for But James, before we talk about this weekend Obviously there's been a wee bit of a break In the World of Celtic We'll be talking about the bounce game That we had in Portugal A couple of the plus points in that um, Some of the transfer gossip that's been flying around The fact that we still have a player In the World Cup uh, even though we're in the semi-finals, uh, Josip Juranovic, we're going to be asking the big question: How much are we demanding? There's loads of questions around the transfer fee, if indeed he does go, and I'm I'm pretty sure he will, uh, because of the circumstances we discussed last week. But before we get into all of that, we've been working away. We've been working away for a few months, James, on something a wee bit different. It's got to be said. We do our charity weekender every every year now. This weekend will be the third annual charity weekend. And just to make it that wee bit different, um, over and above the 24 hours of content that we're we're going to be providing, we're releasing a single. We're moving into the world of rock and roll, James. Um, It's been a long time coming. So first and foremost, I sent you the first draft of the video so that we could have a wee chat about it today. What's your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I've not seen the Fight down with the final one you've just sent me, but the first sort of original draft, original preview that you sent me over, like I said in the podcast, I really enjoyed it. It's got a really good feel to it, and with the support of everybody that tunes in every week, who knows how well we, this could do on the charts. I
0: know, I know. And the big thing with regards to this is the amount of people that have helped to create a single. What do I know about creating a single, releasing it into the, the world? absolutely zero. Well, I, I know how to do it now, obviously. So we made the decision without having any knowledge. Uh, the Wakes, you will be aware of, I'm sure many of you listening into the show will be aware of The Wakes. They have re-recorded a song that was originally written by JG Gilmer and Gary John Kane of the Silencers and Proclaimers, respectively. Backing vocals provided by the phenomenally talented Carly Connor, who burst onto the scene about ten years ago had a big uh, record deal down south, went down, made some records. She's now working with us uh, and also gigging, etc., and doing her own thing. She adds a layer of vocals into the uh, the chorus, which is stunning. It's uh, hairs in the back of your neck stuff. The video was shot a couple of weeks ago now, I think it was, and um, that will be premiered on our YouTube channel on Friday night at 7 o'clock. So if you haven't done so already, get subscribing to Axom's YouTube channel. Big premiere, 7 o'clock. And the concept... Is from Paradise to the birthplace, so from Celtic Park down to Saint Mary's, everything in between. And uh, if you were at the bars that day, maybe you're in the video. Here we go. Uh, we'll start off with Michael McDonald. That twenty-two on his back is a starting price for all bidders. Before I speak about this, actually, you can you can actually pre-save the single, the download. And the link is underneath this video if you want to pre-save that. Because basically what's going to happen is we're going to try and get as many downloads as possible, uh, build a bit of momentum, and every single penny that comes back from that single goes to charity. We're supporting St. Mary's Chapel down at the Calton. That's Celtic's birthplace, of course. Michael McDonald, twenty-two million, he reckons. The value is Chris Sutton reckons it's twenty five million. Let's talk about Juranovic. Let's talk about transfer valuations. The World Cup um, performances against Brazil, standout performances against Brazil. Where are we with this? Are you resigned to the fact we're losing them first and foremost?
2: Yeah, I think the fact that we've brought another right back in for this January window, it truly tells us everything we need to know. Juranovic is going to be on his way out. We're not going to have three top quality right backs at the club because. The chances are one of them would get unhappy if all three of them were there. Yeah, just for his price, I think at the start of the tournament or before the tournament started, that would have been insane. Like most, would have been the same boat as me about fifteen million pounds, fifteen to eighteen million pounds. That would have been sort of a fine fee for Juranovic, but he's got himself all the way to a World Cup semi-final now, and he's been one of Croatia's finest performers. As he mentioned that Brazil game. He couldn't, he couldn't have pocketed Vinicius Junior for Celtic in those two games, but he decides to do it for Croatia. I'm thinking maybe around the, about between 22 and £25 million because there's some big clubs being linked. We all knew about Atletico Madrid and Chelsea. Barcelona mm-hmm. is the one that's recently been linked this morning. The right-back market, it's one of the most valuable markets in football at the moment. Everybody's after a right-back. It's one of the hardest positions to get. So, Should we try to look for as big of a fee as we got as we can get, whether that's breaking our record sale or maybe around twenty-two million pounds? Should we try to get as much money as we possibly
0: can? Yeah, without a doubt. I I was looking at the circumstances around us. Um, I mean, from Axon's perspective, James, we were talking in the pre-season on a Monday. Amy was involved in the conversation. I think Colin was involved in the conversation as well about how we weren't selling anybody. We're, we're, we're trying to build something that we can do um, better in the Champions League. We're trying to build a team where we can do better in the Champions League. We're not selling any players. and um, We didn't, to be fair, we didn't. But the circumstances now, we're out of Europe. Because of his performances and because Croatia have done so well at the World Cup, he is never going to have a higher value than he is right now and during this World Cup tournament, even if, and many people will expect, I I think, Croatia to get knocked out in the semi-final stage by Argentina, although there's been a few shocks in this tournament. Even if they get knocked out, his value will never, I, I don't think, increase, certainly as a Celtic player, from this particular moment. So the circumstances are all pointing towards Juranovic going to the door, and now it's a case of and, and if you look at the, the journey of Axon saying, No, we're in denial, it's not going to happen pre season to the acceptance, and they we're just thinking, Right, what, what are we going to make of them? Uh, 22 million quid. I've said time and time again Celtic, if they can make 10 million pound profit on a player, generally they'll definitely look at it. So I was thinking 12 to 13, maybe pushing it up to 15. But these World Cup performances, James. This is what's really going to push him into a different category. Uh, I'm going to bring Jungle Lion in. Welcome back to the show, Jungle Lion. At this moment, is Juranovic a better player than Tierney at the time that we sold Tierney? Um, Presumably, 25 million quid we got for Kieran Tierney. If so, then you're looking at 30 million plus. The age, there's obviously the slight difference in age there. Um, But then, you can balance that by saying, well, Tierney didn't do it at the level that Juranovic is doing it at right now. So, is it too much to suggest as Michael has that we can get 20 million plus for this player?
2: I think Tierney was a whole different sort of profile at that point that was when left backs were the hot commodity Man City took about 50 million pounds each at three players and it didn't stick Mm. and when you look at Kieran Tierney he was a very very good left back performing at a very good level in the Champions League we can't forget and he was also very young there was a very high ceiling he only had lots of room to improve, whereas Djanovic is, what, about 27, 28? Mm-hmm. He's probably hitting his prime now, whereas Kieran Tierney was sort of just coming on his game and he had loads of time to improve. Obviously, he's had trouble with injuries, so he's not been able to get as good as he probably should be at Arsenal. But I don't think you'd be looking for higher than Kieran Tierney. That was a totally different ballgame.
0: A different set of circumstances. You've just said to me there that everybody's in the market for a right-back. We're currently sitting with three, <laughs> Ralston, Juranovic and the new boy uh, Johnson who came in also. But, you know, when you look at the problems we had in that position, and we've spoken about this before as well, between Mika Lustig and Tony Ralston breaking back into the side under Ange Postecoglou, I can count five, tell me if there's any more, Bauer, Elhamid, Toyan, Frimpong and Kenny. There might have been one or two more in there, but they're the five that I can They've think got them of You know. Got them all. Aye. And we couldn't buy a right back. We, no matter what market we went into, Tolyan was a seven million quid player at Borussia Dortmund, didn't make it at Celtic. Kenny came up from Everton with quite a pedigree, looked very ordinary. Um I think he had a really bad game against Rangers yeah. when they pumped us as well. Frimpong. I love wee Frimpong, but I didn't think he was a right-back. I didn't think his qualities were in his yeah, defensive he same, way. He uh, wasn't sort of starter either. He was a developmental player. That just yeah. was fumbled. That was chance. That was luck. Remember we signed him. Here's an interesting one. A wee blast from the past. I remember we signed Frimpong, right, at the roughly the same time that we signed the other full-back. Now, I'm just going to double-check his name. Was it Leo Connor? Yes. So we, yeah. we brought in Leo Connor. And we brought in Jeremy Frimpong, both kind of like you know projects um, signings. You know, three hundred grand to the Man City academy for for Frimpong, and then I think whatever the fee would have gone to Man United for for Leo Connor. People kept saying, "Yeah, but he's an international; he's got a, a cap for Ireland." Um, didn't make a. I don't think he made a competitive appearance for Celtic, and he's mm-hmm. now at Tranmere Rovers, and I think he's doing really well there. But I remember speaking to someone at the club around about that time. James, and they were saying that these two guys were neck and neck. They weren't quite sure which one was going to break in. They thought one of them would and the other one would go out on loan. As it happens, as we all know, Frimpong breaks in, makes a huge impact. I thought, first couple of months as a Celtic player, the impact he made was incredible. Um, he really did show his potential, which he's now fulfilling, I think, uh, now that he's left the club. And O'Connor obviously was the one who went out on loan and eventually left the club. We couldn't buy a right back now. We're talking in excess of 20 million quid Chris Sutton reckons 25 million I mean these are just figures plucked out of the air Who knows It all depends on the clubs who are interested But for sure Big money is going to come Celtic's way If indeed we do sign Ziranovic. um Let's have a wee chat about Zhiranovic's uh, performances then In the World Cup Let's start off with that James How impressed have you been I mean you were saying there that he did something With Vinicius Junior he couldn't do when he played with Celtic circumstances different team you know the monumental event that he's in at the World Cup he's probably learning all the time you know the Champions League performance has probably held him in good stead for his World Cup uh, challenge how impressed have you been with him he's been fairly consistent and then that standout performance against Brazil
2: I think going into the tournament I wasn't too sure as to how Juranovic would do because I mean he had done well at the Euros but I mean a lot of Celtic fans were pretty disappointed with him when it came to the Champions League games but he's been absolutely brilliant in the World Cup. I mean, oh, a lot of pundits have been raving about him as well. I don't know if he's seen, I think it was either half-time or full-time of the Brazil game. Mm. There was a good two-minute stretch where Josep Jurajic was the only player they were talking about. I can't remember who the pundit was exactly, but they were absolutely raving about him. And he's been one of the most consistent players at the World Cup. He's, I think like outside of the Moroccan right-back Hakimi, he's probably been the best right-back at the tournament. He's been absolutely brilliant, and if Croatia go all the way, I mean it's pretty unlikely considering some of the teams that are there. But if Croatia go all the way, even to the just to the finals, I think the fee could go up even more. Who knows how much we could get? Because the World Cup, we know how much that boosts players' transfer values. I mean, absolutely. If you remember, James Rodriguez he had a really good World Cup with Colombia. I think it was 2014. Straight after that, gets an 80 million move to Real Madrid. I mean, as his team only got to the quarterfinals, I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we should be trying to drive up as much as we can. If we could ex- sort of accept around 25 million, that would be great. But just try and drive up and entice these teams. You never know how much they'll pay. If you don't ask, you don't get.
0: No, you're, you're right. I mean, the World Cup as a platform, it really propels players, it propels values to completely different levels. And often, slightly different, but often I get, asked or criticised about, why do you speak to other platforms, James? Why do you speak to the, the mainstream media? They're the enemy. And my, my view on that is always that I'm promoting a Celtic state of mind. I'm promoting Axom. And then what happens is you come up to a point this week where we've got something really important to promote with a charity weekender, and you get more exposure because you've done these other Uh, things during the year in terms of other broadcasters. I also think that it's important to challenge the narrative. So if someone says that a certain broadcaster doesn't allow Celtic fans a voice, get on there and change it. Um, And people are going to disagree with that and that's fine because I understand what the argument is. Uh, But that is one of the main reasons. You put yourself on a different platform and it escalates the momentum, the exposure. I mean, people talking about Celtic players, it's been an absolute thrill to watch some of the, the commentators like you say talking about Juranovic. Maeda, they were talking about Moy in um, really glowing terms. And it's brilliant to see because these people a lot of the time look at Scottish football as a, a football backwater. Uh, yet our, four of our players have all performed extremely well on the highest level. That you can possibly attain as a footballer So absolutely agree with that Paddy Lavery, welcome to sir. And can I just say
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet But if their internet comes from a cell phone network You should know It's just phone internet Not home internet Keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster And has more reliable download speeds Than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of OOKLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
0: Christmas card number one arrives at a state of mind today and it is from the Ardoin boys. Thank you very much. That means a lot because um, we talk away obviously on a daily basis on here. Um, a massive part of that happened during a period where no one could leave the house, and it's just a face and a voice, and it's great to receive uh, something as personal as that. So thank you very, very much, Paddy and the boys in doing. Thank you very much for that. Frank Brennan is uh, coming in. Anyone or anything is only ever worth what someone is prepared to pay. Fair dues. So the vendor can never ever demand anything, but what they are able to say is that he's not leaving for less than this price. Isn't that kind of the same thing? I'll, get, I'll certainly give you the same the same outcome. However, I get what you mean. And what you're looking for is a bit of a bidding war here, James. If you get two big clubs, cash-rich clubs, and they're desperate for a right back, that's where it could get very, very interesting indeed. And we have known over the years, um, some people within certain sections of the media in Scotland have, you know, Created fictitious figures For the values of players in Scottish football Uh, But this time round The circumstances are completely different He's starring On a stage, the entire globe Is watching And clubs will be watching And there's going to be a lot of interest Shoranovic himself, James, says that He's told his um, agent before he comes into this tournament I'm not talking about a transfer Fair play, but there will be a lot of business Going on behind the scenes, won't there?
2: Yeah, I don't know how much I buy that. I mean, when the rumours first started flying about before the World Cup started, I saw they were sort of sending laughing emojis to Celtic fan pages. But as we were saying there, yeah, the transfer wouldn't have been on his mind. It would be the World Cup. It would be his national team. We know how passionate all these Croatian players are about their national team. We saw that in 2018. That's all the proof you need. Mm. But we should be trying to drive up the fee as much as we can as the comment I said there try and start the bidding about £18 million pounds maybe start the bidding there that's the lowest we will go try and, if clubs try and drive us down then who knows but you've seen a lot of Scottish players have I been mean, playing very well at the World Cup I mean Harry Souter used to play in Scotland I don't know yeah. if the Australian centre back he's now getting linked to a, a I I don't know if this is just paper talk but 15 to £20 million pounds was touted for Harry Souter. Premier League moves. I know he played pretty well, but I just wanted to mention how good a couple of the boys in the Scottish League were. I mean, the sight of Dundee United's left back running through the entire Argentina team and nearly getting a last-minute equaliser, mean, it was quite something to behold, considering Abad Jota absolutely tore Dundee United apart in that 9-0 game at Tanaday. Just even, the I think it's Kai Rowles, the heart centre back, even he had a fairly solid tournament. Harry Stewart was a standout one. But there's if he can drive his transfer price up to about £20 million, God knows how much we should be looking at for Juranovic.
0: It is incredible because I think previously I've said, you know, the 12 to £15 million mark is what I'd be looking for. But I think if there was an announcement in a couple of weeks that we've sold Juranovic and it was 15000000 million, I'd probably be pretty disappointed now. Um, yeah. there was, There was a conversation we were all having about... Uh, World Cup Celts, obviously um, from the past, and we know that there are two players who have. Um, no, wait a minute. There's more than two players. Two players who were World Cup winners who played with Celtic or, or played in a World Cup. No, sorry, World Cup final, who had played for Celtic, but they played in the final whilst with other clubs. So it was Jairinho, uh, the Brazilian, and Edson Braf Brathay, who played with the Netherlands. And there was a bit of a to and fro-in, so I'd like to see what the commenters say, because my view on that is Braffite had left Celtic after his loan deal. His contract was up on the 31st of May. He goes back to his parent club, and then he plays in the World Cup in July. So yes, he is a Celtic player who has you know, played in a World Cup final, but he wasn't with Celtic at the time. That was my argument. Uh, because there was a suggestion that Juranovic may have been the only player that's played in the World Cup semi-final, whilst at Celtic, are there others? I'm
2: trying to think, because a lot of sort of the historic Celtic names have been Scottish. Oh. A lot of our uh, sort of historic players were back in there, been Scottish. Um I'm Trying to think, Henrik Carson.
0: Did they ever was get to the I
2: semis? Was it a Euros semis or a World Cup semis? Good question. Yeah, I know he um, done. I'll get to one of them.
0: Talking to Larson. Talking of Larson, James, we were talking there about the links to Barcelona. Uh, Obviously, unless you can tell me different, the last player we sold to Barcelona, um, or the last player who left Celtic and went to Barcelona, would have been Henrik Larson, right? We've not had any since then. Um, And there there was talk recently about Frimpong moving to Barcelona. If Celtic were to sell Juranovic to Barcelona, he would be the first player to go that route since Henrik Larsson, the other player that I can think of that played with both clubs was Mark Crosas. remember him? Mark Crosas? Well, yeah the
2: most recent. I don't know if Barcelona is as glamorous as it was then when Henrik Larsson moved I mean there's doubts that United Twain even get his full pay I mean we've seen the uproar that kicked off about Frankie De Jong he didn't get his full pay the Cubs mm. well, a bit of a disaster but they're on the up now I think they're top of the league huh? so just to have a Celtic player at a club like that it would be absolutely phenomenal
0: it would be. It would be absolutely phenomenal. Keep us right in the comments, I'm sure you will. Is Juranovic the only player whilst still at Celtic to play in a World Cup semi-final? Let me know um, if that is the case. Now, John Bosas comes in. Uh, I can now picture we Juranovic parading the World Cup than the Gallagate. Actually, John, there may well be some Gallagate footage on our Glory in the Dream video. There may well be. Uh, you'll need to tune in on Friday night for the Premier to see if that is the case. And Urban Culture (laughs) reckons that Kane's ball hit Ryan Christie's on the way down. (laughs) (laughs) We've not actually mentioned uh, England's departure. I think a lot has been said about that already. And you know what? There might be people in that Comments in no, that I don't think it will offend anybody in the comment section. Uh, big shout out to the Suli Shamrock who tunes in on a daily basis, not always live. Big shout out to you—you've been watching all year—and thank you everybody um, who is tuning in today. Whilst we're on the subject of World Cups and what it's done for players, what it's certainly done for Ziranovic is put them in a, in a global shop window. Um, let's have a look at what it's done for the other players that we've had involved in this tournament. Starting off with Dyson Maeda, uh, never played every minute. But he also impressed, didn't he? He impressed a lot of people, I think, who were probably unaware of him, um, particularly the commentators and the commentary team at half-time. Very, very impressed with maira And he goes into this tournament having had a a sticky patch in the first half uh, of his domestic season. What's he going to do for him when he comes back to Celtic, James?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you're quite right in the assessment that a lot of the commentators didn't know. I mean... The commentators probably called him about three different names over the course of the 90 minutes. I mean, I still have trouble trying to pronounce his name as well, and I watch him basically every week. But we saw his sort of key attribute on show on the global stage, and we saw that it worked as well. I think it was in the game against Spain, it was his pressing that directly led to Japan's first goal. I can't remember if it was the um, Spain or the Germany game. But the pundits were like, praising him for it as well. His press was very, very good. And obviously, to get the World Cup goal, only Celtic player to score at this World Cup, he's, it's absolutely brilliant to see. And maybe maybe that'll add about 10 million on his price tag, the fact he's got a World Cup goal. Some of the scouts have seen that he's a wee bit fast. Maybe we can <laughs> punt him for about 13 million in anyway. But I think the Andrew will be delighted with how he's performed. And he'll be coming back to Celtic with... A lot of confidence. I don't know how happy he'll be to see Janovic so soon, considering Janovic's Croatia team knocked him out. Mm. But they shared a really nice moment after the game. I don't know if you've seen it, but that'll be good. That'll be good to have Maida back, and they'll have a lot of confidence heading heading into the sort of next few parts of the season.
0: It will be, you know, a confident player Maida. We're going to be talking about a few of the others that will be back for Celtic, including captain Callum McGregor, and how that's going to impact the side. But Maida, he's a player, as I say, that he's been criticised a wee bit on here and elsewhere uh, for his performances. But he's gone out there and I think he's proved uh, a lot of people uh, wrong. You look at the, the transfer fee for a player like Maeda and I always remember speaking to um, Celtic Paddy McCourt and he says the bottom line is this, if a player would sell the next day for a profit, you know, so we were talking about Edward at the time, And he was talking about, you know, what did we pay for him? Nine million quid. Could you sell him for nine and a half tomorrow? Yes, you could. So he's been worth every penny. Maeda, if you were to sell him tomorrow, it would be a wee bit more than one and a half million quid, that's for sure. Uh, Going back to the World Cup uh, tax, as I think it's been called, uh, that goes on to the values of players. Paul, uh, Diet, welcome to the show afternoon all. The countdown is on till the hoops are back. Cannot wait. We'll be talking all about the game coming up at this weekend. Uh, We've also got Walter Orr, morning from Virginia, USA, hopefully. Uh, You've got good weather over there. It's a bit chilly over here, Walter, as we head into the festive season. Uh, Michael Ross, hail, hail, my fellow Celts. Um, We've got the Urban Culture. We need a good semi-final showing from JJ and three clubs desperate to sign him. Then it's Lowell time. Now listen, I wasn't going to bring up your Lowell but you did, Orban Colchie, So let's run with this one. Um, I know he's not on the door yet, you know. Dot dot dot. Because we all know he probably is, um, and he has been criticised. He's been criticised uh, quite a bit, I guess, over the over the piece since uh, Axom started streaming live on this channel. But let's concede for a moment, James, that when it comes to negotiations, he is somebody that you would like in your corner. You would like him fighting your corner in a Juranovic scenario, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, he's... <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, we always call him penny-pinching. But when it comes to these negotiations, he likes to try and get as much as he possibly can. I mean, the Tierney sort of saga went on for the entire summer mm-hmm. and they eventually agreed on the £25 million fee. But also, I'd go back to when we were selling players like Virgil van Dijk, players like Fraser Foster. I think there was more money to get from those players. I mean... You look at what Virgil van Dijk turned into. Mm -hmm. Victor Benyama went on to play for Tottenham after Southampton. These are players that we could have tried to get a lot more money out of. And I think Lowell could have really tried to drive up those fees. I know it was sort of a different transfer window back then. The players weren't going for as crazy fees as they perhaps are now. But that's one of the reasons why we don't get much money for players as other leagues do. The Scottish League sort of just accepts defeat when it comes to selling players. Mm-hmm. We don't. We should be valuing our commodities as high as the other leagues do, as high as the Belgian League sell their players for, as high as their division sell their players for. We should be trying to get as much money as we can for our players because we see them going on. We see their values skyrocketing at these mm-hmm. other clubs. and It's like he was that good at this club as he was at Celtic. Yeah. fan League wasn't as good at Southampton as he was at Celtic. I mean, we should be trying to get as much as we possibly can.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've heard the argument for years about the Scottish game. Uh, but I, I honestly do think that we devalue it um, ourselves, not as fans, by the way, but as clubs. I, I do think we devalue it. Is there a better person in your, in your ring? Well, um, to, to fight your your cause than Peter Lowell in a scenario like that probably not you 've got to concede that there 's a lot that he brings to the table and that that is something that he would be great at it 's not the role of a chairman uh, which is obviously uh, something you need to point out because I keep getting the, uh, you know the definition of non executive uh, chairman. That's all fair and well, but uh, how often do people work to the definition of their job role, especially if they've got such a big influence and the colossal kind of reputation as Peter Law? Anyway, I, I appreciate that it will not be him doing the, the bargaining, but I'm sure he will be involved in some way, shape, or form. There's some really interesting points coming through. I believe Van Dijk was the one that really gets to me with regards, to it. and not just because he went, you know, to Liverpool for the fee that he went for. You know, you knew how good he was. You really, really knew potentially what he could go on to do. And he's gone on and done every single bit of that. Within the Scottish game, we devalue our domestic game. Yet, if we've got players like Zhiranovic, who are performing at Champions League level against a team that's won five and ten Champions Leagues, and then he's going into the World Cup, he's getting into the semi-final, he's performing so, so well against Brazil, a lot of people's tip for the actual uh, tournament then we've got to start looking at the transfer fee differently. Now, we've got Gucci, Truther. I'm English and I'm glad we went out. Dearie me. Uh, and this is a big thing. I read a, a really interesting piece talking about um, how sometimes the commentary, the attitude that some of the commentary teams really annoys you because of oh, the... Right. You've got that. And then you've got... and. Look, Listen, I'm not saying everybody that goes to an England game is a hooligan But you've got a hooligan element that follows them all around the world That turns you off the whole thing um, But there are so many decent fans got, You know, going to just watch the football and, and their dreams are shattered And then we get one coming on saying I'm not a fuss that they're out so, Ah, that's fair enough Alan Robertson If you get a bid over £15 million for JJ Do you take it? Now, th- this is the thing Because that was my thinking pre-World Cup but I think that's shifted. I really do. I do think that's shifted, Alan. Uh, Frank Brennan. Is there a single club desperate to sign JJ? Never mind three, for goodness sake. Well, I, I don't think you ever know for sure exactly everybody that's interested in a specific player. Often it takes uh, you know years at times to find out that a club was, was interested in a player. Take uh, Olivier Giroud, for example, we spoke about him last week. Celtic were interested in him when he went to Montpellier. We only found out about it when he wrote about it in his autobiography. So we'll not we'll not find out exactly who's interested, but you've just basically got to say, which sources do you trust? And um, there are certain sources talking about the Atletico Madrid's interest and certainly the Chelsea interest. I know that Barcelona have started, um, their name starts starts to be bandied about in the last day or two. I guess, guess, Frank, you just go with the sources that you trust. There are definitely a couple of clubs interested at this point, if you believe the sources. And the sources are very, very good. They've got good reputations. Alan Robertson goes on to say that he thinks 18 million would be ideal. Would you be disappointed with 18 million? With some add-ons?
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data
2: you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I feel like we should try for more. Uh, We should try try our luck because Cubs, you never know how much they'll pay with players. As I said, Cubs are desperate for right-backs at the moment. I mean, I think the fee that's getting touted for Jeremy Frimpong at the moment is round about um, 30000000 million, 25 yeah. to £30 And I mean, you consider he's, what, 21 years old, Netherlands right back, got all this future ahead of him. When you look at that and compare it to Juranovic, perhaps maybe £18 million pounds would be a pretty fair fee. But we know we've got Peter Law in our corner, as you mentioned there. We can try and push for as much money as we can. And just on the England fans there, I, I was at a fine establishment that is the Three Sisters in Edinburgh and I couldn't hear the commentators, thankfully, because I had all the fans chatting and I got a strange mix because you get some of the England fans that are actually not bad, and just that they just there to watch the football. Mm-hmm. Then you get the other ones who are tossing pints across the place, giving it the whole England chance. So there was a fine mix. I mean, I got some of the good and some of the bad at this place.
0: You're always. It's been a long, long time since I was in that establishment, James. Um, maybe even before your time, actually, mate. <laughs> uh, but let's not get into that. Michael Ross, uh, where's the story coming from about Yakimakis yeah, being available for six million pounds? Surely it's a joke. Um, I hope it's a joke. I, I don't think you know six million pounds. You've got to ask yourself. I guess, Michael, could you replace him for six million quid? I'm not sure you could. I'm not sure you could, unless you were buying somebody with the promise, somebody who was 1920. You know, we, we were linked in the summer with uh, a prospect from the PSG academy. We've already uh, plucked Odds and Edward from that same academy in, in the past. Six million quid for an academy player obviously is a risk as well, but we know the standards higher. I don't think you could replace Shakamakis for That's that. Now. I
2: think we've seen everybody talking about Dembele. I mean. I've seen people, uh, news outlets saying that he could be going to the Turkish League for £5 million. As a massive Moussa Dembele fan, probably one of my favourite players I've seen at Celtic in my lifetime, would I take maybe around 8 to £10 million pounds for Yakimakis if we could replace him with Moussa Dembele? I hate to say it to GG, but I would take Moussa Dembele every day of the week. Mm. And I think just on the actual reliability of the news, I think the guy that's reporting it is the same guy that was reporting his move to Celtic in the first place. Right. Because mm-hmm. if, we, if we remember correctly, Yakimakis, you know, he was supposed to go to Werder Bremen. He was there for a medical and stuff, but I can't remember how it fell away, but the move fell apart somehow, and then he came to Celtic. And the guy that reported all that correctly, he's the guy that's now reporting this. So Yakimakis' agent might be feeding him something, and Yakimakis mm. is now looking for a new agent. Perhaps that's to try and force a move. Who knows? But... If I could replace him with Moussa Dembele, I would happily do that. I don't know if Moussa feels that maybe that book's closed, that chapter's closed, that it's time to go on for something new, but if he's
0: happy to come back here, why not? Oh, for 5 million, I think I'd take that in a heartbeat. Jungle Lion, uh, Tini went for 25 million, but you make the point Juranovic is doing it at a World Cup, so it has to be more. Listen, it's going to be an interesting development uh, nonetheless. Michael Ross comes back in and say, according to the newspapers, four clubs are after Juranovic. Um,
2: well. you know, you.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going places, there's, there's no doubt about that. And uh, Paul Cook comes in, afternoon, Paul and James. Hail, hail to the team, Axom and Fugees Toner. Happy Monday, Celts. Thank goodness the Hoops are back this weekend. Talking of Happy Mondays, uh, you might have seen Gaz Whelan, Um, has got his Celtic Shamrock tracksuit from Axon. Uh, Hopefully one of the Axon stickers ends up on his guitar. Happy Monday's were One of the finest bands from the 90s, one of my favourites. So you can imagine uh, when one of their founder members starts kicking about an Axon gear, that is something of a thrill for me on a personal level. We spoke about Maeda James. Let's move on to Moy, and I'll tell you something. Um, He turned heads as well at the World Cup with his performances.
2: Yeah, I was one of the doubters when we signed Darren Moy, but he's sort of been a solid player. I don't think you could call him a rowing success at Celtic yet, as he could as someone like Kyogo, who set the league light straight away. He's just been slowly prodding along and he's been doing his job. I suppose if you're not really noticing a player that plays in Moy's position, mm. then that's probably a good thing, he's doing his job correctly. And at the World Cup, he's been he was he was pretty decent. I thought. I've mentioned on the podcast that I think it was twenty minutes against France where he looked like he looked like the Zinedine, Zinedine Zidane on that pitch. He was absolutely phenomenal. And then the Chancesia game for the full ninety, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. There's no chance of us selling Arn Molle on for twenty million nowadays, given his age. But as we said, with Maida, the confidence that he'll have Maida was low in confidence coming into the World Cup. We could all see that from the mm-hmm. chance he'd missed. And the boost that that will give Mida is absolutely tremendous. And I think Aaron Moy will be sort of riding a bit of momentum as well. We saw the pride that it gave to the Australian nation as well. We saw all the fans in the fan zone when they got out of the group, when they beat Denmark. Mm-hmm. So he'll be riding high as well, coming back to Celtic, and that's exactly what you want. I think I'd want to jump on the Carter Vickers as well. He only got the chance to play one game, which... I was completely astounded by and it mm. was conveniently the only game that the United States won at the tournament was yeah. the one that Cameron Carter started I think but I think in the 2026 World Cup in America he will have more of a say whether he's still at Celtic in 2026 who knows but I think he will be a starter then and I hope he's not had a confidence hit from not playing because as I've said many times he is the Celtic defence so having, we saw how shaky we looked and rain, we can see what four goals,
0: yeah, and, and one a half.
2: In the ends, and a lot of them looked like they were from set pieces. So, Calvin, Cameron, Carter, Vickers back. Yeah, it will be really good, really good for Celtic.
0: It will be. I mean, just to uh, touch on some of the points you've made there, with regards to to Moy uh, and earlier on at Maeda. What's your Anivitz done? what's his World Cup performances done, it probably escalated the fee to something that's going to really help us you know, continue to build the team for Ange Postecoglou, coglu Maeda and Moy, I'd put them in the same category. I think they're going to come in with a um, a renewed sense of confidence or, or um, more confidence than they had when they went to the World Cup. Carter Vickers, yeah, there'll be a disappointment, but he can look at himself and say, the game that I did play, he played particularly well. I was just thinking about... Um, CCV, every time I hear that, it takes me back to a previous job when I worked in the bank. And the CCV number is the three-digit security number on the back of your card. And um, it is an added layer of security. So CCV, for me, is exactly what it says on the back of that card. He's an added layer of security for Celtic. And when he's not there, like you say, James, we do look a lot more vulnerable. I'm going to be speaking about uh, Maurice Jens in a wee second because there was a phenomenal quote from Jens, honestly. Yet I thought a PR team had written it for him. Um, we're going to have a wee look at that where he sits now that Kobayashi's in uh, that will take us on to the, the fact that he made a 10 minute appearance or so a cameo appearance even though he can't play uh, domestically or competitively until January he did make an appearance in that bounce game uh, Kukabura Potter at Chelsea mentioned JJ by name after the Brazil game um, is that a sign of interest well it's certainly a sign of awareness of the player well,
2: I know the- Chelsea looking at the Croatia centre back that looks like it's a certainty happening in January hopefully with the American owner who's spending all the money, they can sort of cast an eye to the right back position and maybe give us a load of money for Ivanovic as well. <laughs> Certainly, I I think back to the it's game the sort of owner that would get sucked in by the World Cup hype and just splash 30 million.
0: Oh well, listen, if if we <laughs> um, benefit from that, then all the better. The the game last season that uh, again talking about uh, right backs, the scenario that we'd now find ourselves in. Remember the semi final of the Scottish Cup? We get put out by Rangers, and there's a scenario in the extra time, period of extra time, where Stephen Welsh comes on as a sub and he's playing right back, and Ralston's playing left back. You remember that? And you look at the scenario we now find ourselves in. Yeah, it was terrible. We looked so disjointed. Um, and now we've got three, at the moment, three right backs at the club. Um, any of, of whom, obviously, we've only seen snippets of Johnson in games at the World Cup, you'd be pretty confident with. Um, let's not forget Tony Ralston. He's just there as a constant now. Um, he'll be playing backup, where he'll be first choice. Uh, the countdown to our game starts here. We'll be talking about the Aberdeen game as well, Urban Culture, um, before we.
2: Hello about the World Cup players? Who's going to be back for the Aberdeen game? Is everybody bar Jaranovic?
0: It's a, it's a good point, actually. And if anybody's got more information about that, because I've read that Carter Vickers may not be back. Um, I don't know if they're going to be given extra rest maybe periods, James.
2: Cause yep. Maybe because they all got to the knockouts, they're all playing sort of mm-hmm. games very close to now, they might not be back.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting to see if any of them make it. Frank Brennan's not having it. If anyone is willing to put anything like 15 million on the table for JJ, grab it with both hands and feet. Uh, Frank, we appreciate two sides of this debate and you think 15 million quid. That was my original fee, but I think it's escalated now. Uh, And Alan Robertson, JJ's value is heavily inflated due to the World Cup. Absolutely. He's been poor this season. Take the money and run. Was it yourself, or maybe Brian had said that you know Ralston's actually been better than Juranovic for Celtic this season. I don't
2: season. know if I'd call Juranovic poor this season, I think he's just been solid but a bit disappointing in the Champions League because we all viewed him as one of our better, if not best, players. Because he played at the Euros, we thought he would be brilliant at that level, but he looked a bit out there was his depth. And yeah, I've mentioned quite a few times, I think Anthony Ralston's been more consistent this season he's been a better attacking threat he's not a better player overall I think we all know that you know, it's just had a bit of an off period but I think Ralston has been a better player this season so we see going forward the crosses that Ralston's put in I think he's been the better player
0: mm-hmm. no no I mean I'm a massive fan you know that as well obviously I'm not a member of the fan club that was set up by Amy Canavan but I have applied Um Stubbsy, Stubbsy's horse horse This single has been hyped more than England team looking forward to it. Yes, we do have a habit of hyping things up. But I'll tell you what, you will not be disappointed. I am buzzing about this. Not because, you know, we're releasing a single and anything can happen when it's out there because every view and stream and I believe even YouTube... Uh, views now uh, have been registered into the mix, obviously uh, you know, need hundreds, maybe thousands before you get the equivalent of one download, um, but it's all chart return, so you never know what may happen, and once there's a wee bit of momentum building during the week, we'll, we'll keep these updated, we'll keep the hype up Stubbsy's horse, and hopefully we can raise a few good quid for charity, at the moment um, our endeavours have raised just over 85 grand can we get up to a hundred grand at this time of the year for needy um causes? I hope we can. Um now there's a few other really, really good points coming in. John. The van driving legend, still a driving god Hi Paul, Merry Christmas to you and to yourself And the rest of the show What would you reckon our next cinema will be? We'll be talking a wee bit about that And who's been linked to us I passed you the other day, I like your car It would be better if I had a massive shamrock on it John But I don't know if that would be a good idea um, It did cross my mind though, I've got to say um, You know whose birthday it is today? Couldn't I bend you? You remember him? He's 25 today, right?
2: I remember certain uh, friendly. I can't. When he he played in Europe.
0: Sure. He played in Europe for us. Yeah, athlete, I couldn't. I Absolutely, it's decent. He is now playing his football in Iceland with IBV. He was a Zimbabwe international, probably still is. Um, but it was at that time we were bringing in players. You didn't know if you were coming and going. But obviously Rogers rated him, played him a couple of times. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how these careers go. After that, let's have a wee chat then about the rain bounce game. Um, We know it finished 4-3, a couple of goals from O'Reilly, one by Kyogo. What kind of positive do we take from that? We know it was a fitness exercise. I was a wee bit gutted we couldn't (coughs) somehow, somewhere, stream it. Um, We know there was a a journalist at the game who was supplying very, very good updates and the goals have uh, obviously emerged as well. What positives do we take from that, James?
2: I think as you mentioned the point there just getting some fitness in the players because I don't know how long it's been since they said the Super Cup maybe about two weeks mm. it feels like an eternity ago I don't, know about how, I don't know about you but that feels like it was ages ago but it's it's good to get minutes in the legs it's good with Cal McGregor back it's brilliant to see him back in the team and as I've mentioned on the podcast quite a few times having Cal McGregor back in playing that sixth role allows Matt O'Reilly to go a bit further forward and we saw he got two goals in the yeah. bounce game against Wren. That's the effect he can have against a decent opposition, friendly aside. And it was, it was good to see we got on the score sheet as well. And hopefully they can sort of build from that onto the Aberdeen game. And said there was a lot of positives, but there was a lot of negatives as well. As we mentioned, the set pieces mm-hmm. look like somewhere where we're weak. And if we're going to be without Cameron Carter-Vickers against Aberdeen at Potaudry, which is... Or they're a tough game in its own right, but without Carter Vickers it becomes even more difficult to try and combat Aberdeen. But as always, we trust Ange we'll get the job done.
0: We do. We absolutely do trust Ange. Um, and one thing I do like about him, it's a bounce game, but like you say, he leaves no stone unturned, James. If he's unhappy with performances or you know passages of play, he's going to put it right. Uh, it was a bounce game, but um, he will have learned good and bad about various players, I think, Some of the positives that I noted, obviously, the return of Kyle McGregor. Phenomenal. He's been away um, for a a few games, obviously. I think he's missed 10 games in total, hasn't he? Um, Three in the Champions League. Uh, We won every game that he missed domestically, but we failed to win the three games in the Champions League. So he's a massive loss. We know that. Uh, I think Kobayashi getting 10 minutes was a good was a good sign I know we actually the first game he is able to play is the Rangers game on the 2nd of January and I don't think he's going to be thrown in there unless there was an absolute crisis with with Mm -hmm. injuries Um, and although it was a training exercise I wanted to see it I wanted to see it and we would have covered it um, as well but the other one and this is quite an interesting one because I've been reading a lot about how obviously things are changing behind the scenes uh, with the academy, with the B team. Obviously, Anne just taking time to make his mark. But um, Boston Lowell and Rocco Vata were both in the squad. They both got minutes again. Um, and that, that's going to do them brilliant, uh, brilliant in terms of their development. But I do get a concern, slight concern, James, that they step back to tier five is Scottish football, they play with the B team again. How long does it take before that starts stumping their progression a wee bit? Do we consider, with these two guys, loaning them out, maybe to a championship club or clubs? Do you think, do you think that would be a better option than them playing the rest of the season with the B team?
2: Yeah, this is something i have been really critical of with the B team. They always say, Steve McManus down Darnold Day, and even Andrew himself, were just trying to create the pathway for the B team to the first team. I mean, mm-hmm. Ben Dope was a hot prospect... And the only reason he got a chance was because Liverpool were trying to sign him up but we didn't want to lose a hot prospect. Yeah. long is it going to take before Cubs notice that Rocco Vata isn't getting a sniff around the first team and they come and try and get him. It's all well and good playing them in meaningless friendlies but until we actually give these players a chance in a league game or a cup game, I eyeballed last week, I think it was the Morton game, as a big chance to give these players an uh, the opportunity, I think, if we don't see Lowell or Vata in the squad for that match, whether it be in the starting 11 or on the bench, then I don't know how much of a chance they're going to get in this season because that's the best they'll get. Mm-hmm. Perhaps a loan move could be the route. I mean, what a lot of players we've had that hasn't worked out, but then you look at Callum McGregor, that loan spell at Notts County, that really turned him around. Christopher Ayer, that loan spell at Kilmarnock. I don't know whether you want to loan them out to another team in the league or you would loan them down to the sort of lower divisions in England, I'd be more inclined to give them to another Scottish Premiership team. I don't know how you feel, but it gets some youth to play in this league already, much yeah. like if we were to give them an opportunity in a league game. But we'll need to see how it goes. I'd prefer, I'd prefer a loan. But if they are going to get opportunities, maybe around five or six appearances in the second half of the season, then keep them around.
0: I go back to points I've made probably previously. We're, you know, we loan out upwards of twenty players a season, and they could be anywhere. You know, we've loaned players out all over the all over the world. You know, America, for example. You know, players are being loaned out left, right, and centre. And I think that what is is key because often, you know, it doesn't work out. There are the exceptions to that rule, like McGregor Ayer. Christie, to name but three but I think if you've got almost like a nursery club I'm not talking about a feeder club you're, you're feeding them the players but the club would need to have the same philosophy and potentially the same style maybe even the same formation um, as Celtic and, and there's an agreement where you're given they get your, you know that team three or four young players and so the B team are able to get promoted into a uh, you know up the leagues and they're not ready for that anyway because the quality's not there. But until that, such times as they're able to get promoted James, I just think that if you had a, a nursery club sitting in the championship that would be an ideal resolution to that. It is great to put players out, I think, also to uh, premiership clubs because I also think that often they can do you uh, a job against your challengers. Uh, you know, There's no point in having five or six players not playing when you could, you know, loan them out to Hibs, Hearts, uh, Aberdeen, etc. If indeed you're able to get the deals done, I think um, Montgomery was playing when St. Johnson took points off Rangers, and and you look yeah. at that, you think to yourself, right, he's contributed to Celtic success, even though he's playing with another team. Kevin Graham comes in. Uh, Kevin Graham has been contributing um, and part of the Axelom team since day one, 2017. He's hired the song, he's seen the video, he calls the, both of them brilliant. The Celtic support, says Kevin, are stunning and will do their thing. Goes on to say, um, hit the like please troops. Yeah, please do, hit the like button on the YouTube. Um, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Let's have a wee chat about Maurice Jens. Um, He's a player who I think he's done pretty well since he came to Celtic. He's on a season-long deal from uh, Lorient uh, and he is an ex-Fulham player, German, 23 years of age. Uh, He knows Matt O'Reilly really well, good pals at uh, Fulham and he worked with Peter Grant. So he knows all about Celtic because I'm pretty sure Peter Grant will have told him all about it before he came. 19 appearances now, James. Uh, two goals. He came early in his Celtic career. And I'm going to read out my favourite part of his recent quote. It says Celtic is old school. Celtic is mysterious. In fact, did Kevin Graham write this for Maurice Yance? We he asked ask, Kev. It sounds quite poetic. Celtic is old school. Celtic is mysterious. Celtic is pure football. And above all, Celtic is a religion. What do you make of that?
2: Well, it sounds like I've put on a Celtic jersey and I've started talking as if I'm a German setter, but brilliant. it's brilliant. I don't know who's been feeding him it, or if it's PR or if he's just really looked at it himself, but we could tell from the start that he was really enjoying his time at Celtic, always getting involved with the post-match celebrations, and he was a really strong performer <coughs> at the start. I remember speaking to people who were at this sort of fan media presser, yeah. And apparently, he was a really nice guy. He shook everybody's hand after the presser. He's apparently just a really good person, which is the sort of people you want in this Celtic team. As far as how he's been on the park, I think he started really positively. There was a lot to rave about. But since then, a couple of Champions League games and a couple of games in the league, he's made a few mistakes. There's been shaky moments there that sort of make me think that Kyle Starfield would be the better player to start at centre-back. But just on those comments, you can tell he's pretty passionate. And should we look to pay the money in the summer? Who knows if we're going to get Stephen Welsh out on a loan or a transfer out for him, then we should bring Maurice ends in. Because right now we've got, what's it, five centre-backs competing for a where we're only going to have two players playing week in, week out. But one's got to go, inevitably. But it's just a, more of a question of who it
0: is. Definitely. It's, it's incredible, again, going back to the right-back position, James, where uh, Andrew, Ange Borsicogl comes in. We can't you know buy a right-back. The only right-back at the club at that time was Tony Ralston. Um, and he's, he's obviously turned into a diamond. And now we've got three. You look at the centre-half position as well. Um, and now, as you say, we've got five and you're starting to ask yourself, what does the future hold for Jens? Do we keep him? Because obviously he's no permanent. What does the future hold for Welsh? Because he's not playing enough games for the age that he's at and for his own progression. Um, and, you know, it'd, it'd be interesting to hear what your thoughts are in the comments section. I've heard differing um, fees in terms of what the permanent transfer fee would be. I've heard from two to three million quid. I've heard more than that. He's been
2: the one I've mm. heard, so I carried the most, three million pounds.
0: I think for £3 million, James, you buy more each chance. I, I mean, I know it's a lot of money um, in anybody's language. However, in terms of a, a 23-year-old who's already bedded into the squad, who obviously gets what Celtic are about because uh, of that quote that I've just read out there. And, you know, I, I just think £3 million. We, we talk about buying all these players for under £3 million. Juranovic, for example, I think it was two point seven. Juranovic. Um so it's, it's a bit of a no brainer for me. I would bring him in and it's it's basically him, uh Kobayashi, it's Starfelt and it's Carter Vickers. And then the questions start surrounding Welsh, what do you do with Welsh? Well, he's a guy I think you, you wouldn't put him to a lower club in a lower league club rather in Scotland. You'd want him at Hibs or something like that, if that was possible to do that deal. Um but of course we know that-
2: if we're gonna buy Money Shades in the summer that says to me that Stephen Welsh is going to go on a permanent deal
0: mm, Potentially
2: There's too many centre-backs there in my opinion, but I'll get a big question here if would you rather get rid of Stephen Welsh on a permanent transfer and get Maurice Jens in or would you rather keep Stephen Welsh at the club maybe get him a loan out in January to the end of the season then have him next season and don't sign Maurice Jens?
0: Yeah, That is, That's a dilemma actually um, and, and it's a good point of discussion I think if, if I was answering that question I'm a fan of Welsh I know what the, the loan deals have done for the players we've mentioned before but it doesn't always work like that um, you know I, I think that if he was to go out on loan at a club like some of the clubs that have been interested in Udinese to lose I think what you find is is a a, trans- a transformative kind of like period that we've seen with some of the, the uh, young Scottish talent have gone over to Italy for example um, and Aaron Hickey, he's gone over there and he's developed probably as we would have expected but more, more quickly than we would have expected and he comes back and he gets a big money move to, to Brentford, the other one obviously is Lewis Ferguson um, who has gone over there and he's, he's gathered I think there's four different clubs, Josh Doig there's loads of interest in him you know, and, and I think that if you get out of the, the Celtic world the, the goldfish bowl of Glasgow um, and then you you take a move, maybe an Italian, and I'm going to say the Italian move would be best because you look at the success of some of the Scots over there, not forgetting Liam Henderson, who's gone over there and performed really, really well as well. Um, Maybe it's a case of, if it's a permanent deal, um, you know, you could get a Jack Henry scenario where someone ends up going for big, big money later down the line. But what is Stephen Welsh worth right now? He's not going to get a game he's probably not even a second choice or a third choice, you know, centre-half. Um, I think a loan, for me, um, would be in his best interest and in the club's best interest. Yeah. But if you're going to keep him, as you say, you're probably not going to keep Jens.
2: Yeah, if you're talking about a permanent move and we're looking at a price tag, well, so Udinese are going to pay £2 million in January. Has Stephen Welsh got that much better? He's got a year older, but that's probably about it. So mm. I think if we were going to sell him perhaps about maybe 2 £2.5 million pounds, and then you paid the £3 million pounds for the Jens in the summer, I mean, I just hope we don't get a scenario where he goes to Italy or some league like that, a top five league, and becomes a quality player and then it's all about, look what Celtic missed.
0: I know, I know. The this, this is a risk.
2: Because the potential's there, but we're just, we're just not really getting it.
0: Without a doubt, the potential is there and there is, I would not be surprised if he gets a move to Italy because there has been interest in him. Before you know it, James, he's in the Scotland squads, the, you know, the value rockets and very much like the other three Scottish players we've mentioned, this other interest that's coming in from Italy and elsewhere and you start thinking to yourself, We've got Maurice Jens here who's maybe not playing, and you know, your whole perception of the scenario changes um, because that's what we do as football fans, but they're very, very fickle. Uh, Callum McGregor returns, uh, this weekend. Question for you, James, who drops out? But we've already spoken about the fact Moy, you know, the decision may may already have been made, Moy may not be available because he's World Cup exploits.
2: Yeah, they're having Callum McGregor to start that again it's going to be a massive boost for Celtics. Not that we needed the boost anyway, because as he said earlier on in the podcast, we won every single game We it was gone. But the fact that we're still got him to come back and that's going to make us even better is pretty frightening for the rest of the teams in the league. And as I mentioned, I was talking about the Wren friendly. Having McGregor back allows Matt O'Reilly to go further forward, which I think is going to benefit us massively because that's Matt O'Reilly's natural position. And it was absolutely phenomenal there at the sort of second half of last season. And we're going to be able to transition play a lot smoother as well with Carl McGregor receiving the ball from the centre backs now. And it's it'll be a joy to see Carl McGregor back in a single jersey. I'm not too sure how long the sort of wait has to have him back. What's it been about? Three months?
0: Well, ten games, yeah. So yeah, including the World Cup break as well. So three months out as I say I mean I, I had made a, a comment a few Thursdays ago talking about how O'Reilly had come in and the transition of changing position etc um, and you know although we were winning games we weren't bossing them the mm-hmm. way that we would like we weren't winning by big margins the way that we would like um, and JP pointed out that we, we missed them um, far more in the Champions League games James and that's where obviously we had two defeats and a draw in his absence he comes in he's the captain he's he's a leader he is. If there is a talisman, he is it for Ange Postecoglou. And I wonder what happens to that face mask. You know what I mean. There's been certain things in Celtic's past, um, and I often wonder what happened to Bertie's. You know, Bertie's hat that he wore after the Leeds United game. Where is it? Where's uh, Tom Boyd's jester's hat that he wore after he stopped the 10? And uh, obviously the mask that Callum McGregor wore for the best part of last season. Where on earth is that as well?
2: We are being... Been a bit of memorabilia that someone's selling on eBay or something? Signed Callum McGregor mask. Like how they sell the signed match-worn jerseys, signed wouldn't Cal McGregor Phantom of the Opera mask.
0: It, it would get interest. I always wondered what happened to him at Larson's dreadlocks because whoever cut them should have kept them. You know what I mean? For uh, future future purposes of uh, retaining DNA, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, now, we've got Aberdeen obviously coming up. We've not had a great time of it in the friendlies. I don't think we read too much into that, to be honest with you, James. But um, obviously, if you look at the team that started against Wren, even though it was a bounce game, Strong starting lineup. We can have a strong, and we will have a strong starting lineup against Aberdeen. How do you see that going?
2: Well, as I mentioned earlier on, if we're going into without Cameron Carter-Vickers, it'll be a lot more of a tougher game. I'm not too sure how Aberdeen's form was before the break, but when you've had that sort of much of a break, an extended break since the football ended, does form go out the window when you're looking at this game? I've not played in absolute ages. There's no momentum to carry over. It's like a clean slate. It's like the first game of the season, essentially. So, yeah. the Aberdeen, they've got some really good players. ovskade is the sort of standout one. He's been the top scorer. A lot of penalties, but he's been the standout one. But we should, even if without Carter Vickers or Moy or the players that were at the World Cup, we should still have enough quality to get the job done. With Calvin, Cal McGregor back will be such a boost as I mentioned I mean he was fit to play in the Sydney Super Cup but obviously you're not going to risk the captain potentially getting an injury in the Sydney Super Cup that's not going to happen but the fact that he was fit there and then he's played in the bounce game against rain that just tells me he's going to start
0: well I mean Let's let's actually cover the game uh, during the charity weekender, James, because that's what we'll be doing for three hours. It'll be a watch-along rather than a pre-match half-time and full-time um, analysis, and we'll be covering it uh, every single inch of the way. Please get involved in the charity weekender. If you want to start uh, donating to the St Mary's Fund then the link is underneath this particular video as is the single The Glory and the Dream the link is underneath this video as well Um, and I've I've already mentioned The Glory and the Dream a few times yeah I'll keep pushing that because we're going to premiere it on Friday night and I'm sure you will enjoy uh, the video the only other thing I'm going to say as well is Danny McGrain is going to be at the penalty spot on Saturday signing copies of my my new book Um, and you know, Danny McGrain is an absolute legend. And therefore, get yourself over there. You'll get the book a five or cheaper and Danny will sign it as well. We're all talking about um right backs. Danny was a world class right back. Joranovich is a right back playing on the world stage. How much will we get for Zhuranovich when that time comes? Uh, that's been one of the big points of debate. If you're watching this on Catch Up, leave your comments underneath the video uh, because obviously um, I will try and get back to you as soon as possible. Um, for all the other advertisements that have been appearing in the comments section, namely for Triple uh, X hot videos, um, not quite sure if they're a Celtic fan or not, Uh, and people trying to punt other podcasts, then keep it out because they're going to be deleted as well. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you once again, James McKenzie, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind.
2: When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250
1: off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet.